0: Telling you guys about this movie I think I was like oh he gets injured I think like during war or something and it's very much so <laughs> not
1: that yeah. no yeah uh, <laughs> the brave soldiers of the domestic world yeah uh, you know that that's what this movie is all about those who have lost their lives falling down the stairs uh, because of their dumbass <laughs> kids <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, the movie that we're talking about this week on the After Hours feed is The Wings of Eagles, as I get to my notes. I'm a little little slow today. Uh, Malcolm and JT arrived at my house... And I was sound asleep in my bedroom. Wake up call. Yeah. Back to
2: reality, pal. Come on. <laughs> Taking a little mid-afternoon Had to afternoon kick down the door. Snooze. Eddie's in here strung out. Yeah. <laughs> JT came with the battering ram. Lazy Sunday. We had a nice little lazy Sunday. Is it Sunday still? Oh, yeah. oh
1: boy. Yeah, I don't know. I watched this one at like 7 a.m. and then I've uh, fell asleep i just had a short day you know that th- yeah. i had a short day it wasn't a nap i felt my day was over when yeah. you guys came i was asleep Wahlberg schedule you woke up <laughs> you, woke,
2: <laughs> you woke up you got your early morning mental workout in with the movie and then yeah. like go to sleep 3 p.m i was know?
1: starting a new cycle you guys fucked me like if you guys didn't come through tonight i would have woken up at like 3 a.m or so i would have just slept the night. woken up through the night i say waking up at 3 a.m and uh, started the next john ford movie simple as that you know (laughs) (laughs) the wings of eagles though is a 1957 film by john ford starring john wayne and we we talked about the long gray line on this podcast on the one no not on the 100th episode on the um season two premiere believe episode 53 or 54 or a lot so. of special events on this podcast yeah you know we're, we're, we, we like the gallantry yeah yeah you know uh, lo, a lot of people they refer to uh jt and malcolm as the goofus and gallant of the podcast but i think what is that supposed to mean we, who, which is th- which th- hold on hold on i think that's false because all three of us are goofuses and we all three like to indulge in the gallantry the, the spectacle <laughs> are you talking like wit stillman right now i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> i'm still halfway in dreamland to be fair i'm like trying to spin my wheels here trying to restart so i could like get a hold of this film again <laughs> in the opening credits it says it's you know based on the life and writing of uh frank spig weed but it was more selectively i guess based on uh, something spig weed wrote in an issue of the american magazine called we plaster the Japs, so <laughs> yeah, that 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 gives you an idea of the resounding pro-war patriotism of this movie. Uh, if you're looking at something like Long Gray Line, where he falls in love with an institution, but it's kind of through warfare that we see uh, the that become challenged, and that the domestic sphere is also challenged by that war. Here, John Wayne uh, loses control of the domestic sphere because he wants to be a cool hot dog and pilot. Not because there's a war going on, because he wants to set aviation records and do cool gags and stunts. And poor old Maureen O'Hara has to take care of Pickle Puss and whatever their other <laughs> fucking kid's weird name is. <laughs>
0: yeah, part of the reason I like chose this, I mean, I knew like when I watched it, I definitely undervalued this Ford but I wanted to return to it because it is a great analog to the Long Grey Line, like one of my all-time faves. And like it's interesting to see Ford do something that, I mean, obviously there are big epic moments in it, but a lot of it is very interior and small. And that interplay there between like fiction and reality is so fascinating because he's like printing the legend about his friend Spig Weed, But also, like, it's not a particularly, like, happy, like, legend or tale. I mean, you talk about um, the reverence for the military that exists here. But he throws so much of his life away Mm -hmm. in it. And then when he's actually in the shit... In war, like at the end, that's when he like is shaken and like has to dip, and it. uh I don't know it. The contradictions of that are just really beautiful.
2: Well, yeah, I feel like like and this is in the long gray line too, but like, I feel like you know any any kind of like fun moment, anytime you know we see John Wayne, you know, getting rough with the army boys, it'll be contrasted with you know a moment in the domestic sphere where things kind of go wrong. So Ford's always kind of a good master of kind of. Uh, maybe not even towing the line but he's you know he's he's a considerer of the pros and cons you know what i mean he's not going to give you a a simple message you know to tuck you in at night or whatever yeah
1: no it's it's going to show you the absolute highs of humanity even if that high of humanity is literally just like hot dogging in an airplane pointing down and saying (laughs) that's my wife Uh, (laughs) and the lows of humanity which are being a doofus and falling down the stairs and that ruining the or not ruining the rest of your life because we see that he's still able to make a life out of it uh but that a slip down the stairs can just change everything for the rest of your life and the the low points of humanity in that regard and just the the violence and destruction that he has to witness also when he does finally return uh to the navy for combat so we see frank uh spig weed as i said hot dog in the airplane he's in the first you know third or really first half of this movie uh he is trying to institute this really strong uh aerial base within the US Navy you know the US Navy that's you know a bunch of men locked in locked in together on a ship so he was thinking I'm gonna get away from these other dudes. I'm gonna just fly up in the air by myself. You know, no, <laughs> no sus shit down there. <laughs> uh, so he, you know, they they go in this like flying tournament, uh, some cup that they win, and they do the around the world race. And the army navy rivalry is instilled the way it is with long gray line. There's a reference to. The Army Navy Football game, which we obviously see uh, like the history of in the long gray line in a way. and it's it's this really broad, physical kind of slapstick stunt driven comedy for the first 40 minutes or so we even see maureen o'hara uh you know she comes to visit the base in the very beginning and gets involved with the big action set piece but she also you know takes a swing at a guy trying to punch him in the face at one point and throws stuff across the room and you know her performance is extremely physical as well it's not just the machismo look what i can do even though the machismo look what i can do uh, segments of this lead to absolute joy including the two uh, <laughs> brawls the two fist fight brawls between the army and navy here
2: you know kind, kind of come to think of it like before you know you kind of had like your animal house you kind of like your college uh frat movies so you know van wilder you know just, you know a lot of uh joy and like debauchery or whatever i guess this is like kind of the earliest uh version i guess the scenes here because it is you know, there's a lot of domestic fear sphere stuff. There's a lot of, you know, serious, sad moments in this movie, but kind of like... The more fun move moments, it is like it's basically like they're at a boarding school and yeah. they're just like fucking shit up, you know, no consequences, you know, except,
1: military house rules, exactly, <laughs> exactly,
2: <laughs> except for you know having to lie to your upper commander who's gonna, who's like going to let you off anyways because you're one of the boys. Well, I know? think fraternity
1: yeah. is a you know key word to use there because you know we think of frat bros or whatever, but obviously the fraternity, the brotherhood of these institutions is the thing that is so romanticized by John Ford and all these movies even going back to the period or I mean they're all period movies pretty much but going back to the cavalry trilogy going back to Ford Apache it's like the difficulty of that movie lays in just like how that like brotherhood of that irish uh base of the military uh or the you know irish american base of the military there and the the horrible things that they have to do that are you know uh you know shown resoundingly by john ford here but i guess it's up to the viewer to make that into a contradiction rather than it just feeding into the film as propaganda but speaking of propaganda, this film is about propaganda as well. This is, it gives a nice little uh, shout out to the collaborations between Hollywood and the Department of Defense in the opening credits alone. Uh, and then we get into that arc of John Wayne's character here after being injured uh, and laid up in the hospital Even losing his wife, uh, you know, by his own choice, which in one of the most painful scenes, the breakup in the hospital. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I don't think I've ever seen a more like just hard to get through John Ford scene like that. That breakup, just knowing full well, both characters knowing full well that it's so unnecessary. But Wayne's pride in wanting to bring himself back to as close to full strength as he could before really presenting himself to his wife again is just so deeply felt by Ford there. But back to the propaganda and back to Ford, uh, Ward Bond pops up as a John Ford stand-in called Jack Dodge, uh, who (laughs) is, you know, wearing sunglasses inside, uh, napping off of a... You know, uh, a nice midday drunk session uh, when John Wayne approaches him. And I love that Ford is just like kind of poking fun at his own image here. While also letting you know, like, all right, just kind of look behind Ward Bond there. There's there's like six Oscars. There's like six. You know, I got five rings.
2: (laughs) No, I I mean, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me, and you know, maybe maybe Godard was taking from this, but like kind of like the way like Godard would show himself in his Mm. movies. This is kind of like a like a goofy guy, you know, there's not, of course he's flexing yeah. the Oscars, but it's like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm a normal, I'm a day drinker, you know, just like you or something like that. <laughs>
0: it's really funny because I don't think like, I mean, as of my knowledge, I don't think Ford ever gets that like sort of personal in terms of having like a like straight up surrogate character yeah, was like that yeah. again. And I mean, I think this, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense but why this one would be one of Ford's personal favorites because it's about like a dear friend of his yeah. as well, but it's interesting to see him reflect that much personally.
1: Well, it's also just like the fact that it's a dear friend of his means so much. You know, who else is a dear friend of his? John Wayne. And it's yeah. so just like... Uh, even having to vouch for Wayne in the Ringo uh, spot in Stagecoach in 39 or whatever, because Wayne was his friend and he knew that he could be a movie star. You know, he had faith in this guy Uh, that that relates to this. It's like, John Ford, you know, he has all those Oscars. He has all that clout at this point. He could make movies about almost whatever the fuck he wants, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he sometimes has to do some negotiating. Like, I know Rio Grande, he made so he could make The Quiet Man. And there's some trade-offs like that. But it's like, The Quiet Man way outsold rio grande anyway and so people were like all right let's just let him do his thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. so he's just like all right i'll make a fucking movie about my friend then and i'll i'll have one of my other friends ward bond play me and it'll be awesome (laughs) and it'll be about us hanging out it's like they're 1517 to paris in a way Mm. and uh the hollywood aspect of it is so great because it doesn't go that deep into the backstage aspects of it it's just like all right this guy he told his story for Hollywood and uh, that, that collaboration between the Department of Defense and Hollywood has and always will be there and you can think very cynically about that after the movie. During yeah. the movie, you think, oh, I'm so happy he got a job.
2: Well, you know, at least at least Ford is being honest. There's a lot of movies out there yeah. that, you know, they have a lot of collabs. They, they don't put that out forthright, you know, it's like, uh, it's not cool to do that anymore so people aren't doing it, so at least... At least Ford's, you know, being honest. Yeah, you that's don't
1: go it. to, you don't watch an episode of uh, the, the Winter Soldier or whatever. There are <laughs> yeah. series and, you know, before directed by Disney, you don't get a credit that says uh, made in collaboration with the DOD. <laughs> yeah.
2: Also, just, I love the idea of just making a movie about your friends. Like, yeah. it, is, it is just like a, you know, I don't know. I think that's a good idea. I feel like, th- you know, instead of like, a, you know, your personal movie about being about you, I think it's nice to make it about a friend.
0: Yeah. And uh a Spigweed is credited with like one of Ford's other great war movies. They were expendable. Mm-hmm. That one's a real mm-hmm. classic.
1: Yeah, and uh he he wrote uh something for Hawks as well and then in this it's uh what do they call Hell's Angels in this? They they made a stand-in movie for it that he wrote. His big success is called like uh, the Devil Dodgers or something like that, yeah, or, uh, something. the Devil something. Uh, even though John Ford has to get his joke in, where it's like, uh, they're gonna have to change the name because you can't say hell on screen anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: back in the day, you yeah, know? back
1: in the back of the forties, the the new haze code <laughs> taking over, you know. <laughs> But I I really, we haven't really talked much about the aesthetic of this, but it's shot in metro color, which is, I guess, not as popular of a color processing as, you know, Technicolor or some of the other big hitters of the 50s. But, man, this just looks gorgeous. Uh, Like, maybe even slightly muted colors in some points, but then when it needs to stand out, it really feels like he's just throwing paint at the canvas like in the very opening scene that uh flying demonstration that john wayne is taking one of his army counterparts on we see maureen o'hara show up there and she just pulls up in this like light blue outfit driving this decked out red and black car and that car is then integrated into the action set piece but just as i said those splashes of color uh those splashes of color just add so much weight to the visual storytelling of this on every level. There's there's like like the color
2: palette in here is like like pretty much like melodram- melodrama Me- melodrama. <laughs> melodrama, you know, straight up melodrama type yeah. stuff like with uh the death of their first child, you know, you kind of like those deep nighttime blues are very impressive and then like even like towards the end, you know, you can have this scene where uh, Wayne reunites with O'Hara and you know you kind of just have the sunlight peeking in like it is Mm. like it's like you know that was this looks like you know the all yellow fucking setup what is this Ollie Fury it's the soul
1: damn (laughs) you know Uh, damn (laughs) hey I mean this was made during Cirque's big run of like classic Mm -hmm. melodramas maybe something was just in the air
2: yeah I mean it's just (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's, like, next level, like, just kind of, like, character staging within, like, these interior yeah. scenes, too. It is, like, the sad, you know, moments are sold, you know, very well. And, like, you know, I think you I think you saw in Letterboxd a review. It's, like, the, one of the top reviews is, like, oh, John Wayne can act. John Wayne fucking kills scenes in this movie. Yeah. Just him sitting in a fucking bed. Yeah, laying the fuck down, not seeing his face. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know.
0: I It's so impressive that there are a great number of scenes where like Ford is like expertly framing just John Wayne like fucking laying down and like being able to mine like comedy and drama from these scenarios. Like one of like that segment of the movie, I think is like obviously the darkest, but one of the best bits of the uh, his like buddy who's uh, filling in as sort of like the nurse, like taking care of him. Like, having the, the liquor on, like, strings on, like, <laughs> coat hangers behind is so fucking funny.
1: Yeah, so he he's laid up in the hospital, as we said, from this domestic incident uh, where he's fallen down the stairs, and then he breaks up with Maureen O'Hara in the hospital early on, and then it's the middle segment of the movie where it's just the recovery process of him recovering from temporary paralysis and getting some movement back in himself. And it's like the, the kill bill scene, I guess that's where he took it from. Uh, the, the wiggle your little toe scene is stretched over multiple days, multiple scenes where him and his buddy make a song out of it, you know, and everything. And they're, they're just trying to get him to wiggle that little toe. And also everyone who visits seems to give the same speech about, now, I know this is against regulations, but I brought something for home from home just in case he might be able to use it. And it's, you know, as JT said, some booze that his buddy puts on a string. <laughs> uh, and he has this, like, carousel of booze behind a mirror in the corner of the room. <laughs> and speaking of uh, mirrors, yeah, Wayne has this mirror below him since he can just, like... He he just has to lay on his chest all day for like a year. I guess that's his that's his <laughs> bodily punishment uh, for all the hot dogging he was doing. <laughs> uh, so he has this mirror that he looks at below him, and he you know slides books down there and stuff like that. And it's it's really dedicated to showing him confined like that that new style of living. That he says you know eight months feels like eight years uh, yeah. because yeah it probably feels like it's an eternity in there.
2: And like, like you said, I feel like earlier,
1: like it is like the the Hollywood portion is
2: like, you know, not exactly valorized or whatever, you know, for like a movie about a writer. It is kind of interesting how much, you know, it makes sense for Ford knowing Ford, but it's like, yeah, this is about his military career. It's not really about him as like, uh, you know, like making uh, a Navy slash Army movies or whatever. And uh, but like, yeah, it's like it's it's more impressive. Like he did this, you know. Like, you know, while in recovery, you know, just uh, kind of a uh, it's more about the hustle and grind, not about the content. That's
1: Absolutely really, yeah. about the hustle and the grind. <laughs> <laughs> but the hustle and the grind, that's the thing. It has to be balanced out with the mm-hmm. good things that make up life because... The mili- his military career isn't just about Hustle and Grind, though. It's about those bonds that he forms with all of those characters who are, you know, generally John Ford stock characters, kind of, guys who are yeah. in a bunch of these movies. And so the bond, uh, pardon my pun for Ward bond, is already set in between Wayne and a lot of these actors and with how they're supposed to act in a John Ford movie, particularly since ford does kind of have his own performance style as he says in character ward bond does at least you know uh, why what does he say uh, i i i i've seen every playhouse from uh like uh east portland maine to west portland oregon or something like that uh, <laughs> uh just just a bunch of goofy stuff like that and uh he 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 wants to get the public on their side, you know, Mm -hmm. because war is going out of business. All these pacifists (laughs) are running around. They're saying, we're never going to have a war again. What the fuck?
2: Reminds me of a current generation.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also love uh, Bond, word Bond, you know, throwing it back to the old days of war here, throwing down a book for John Wayne, and it's Ulysses. And he was like, I even played in this once. I played (laughs) Robert E. Lee. (laughs) uh, (laughs) That's, That's a... You know, it's a good bit, but it's also almost like an atonement for Ford's participation in probably the most negatively impactful movie of all time, The Birth of the Nation, where he did play uh, a Klansman (laughs) in one of the technically, I hate to say, great American epics, but (laughs) one of the most notable American epics. Well, yeah, that's like, through this... Like like the Ulysses of film, kind of, is that, and and, uh, not Unforgiven, fucking... uh, Intolerance, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I didn't know John Ford used
2: to act, actually, you know, before this movie. And I looked it up and I, I saw Birth of it. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> but, you know, hey, you know, good, to, you know, maybe he learned a little something from, you know, hopefully the right things, but a little something from DW
1: on set. You know, you never know. <laughs> that's the thing, you know, he took, <laughs> he took the right thing. That, that's like us watching John Ford movies, even. It's like, yeah. you got to take one step. Away from the ideology and towards the aesthetics. As you're mm-hmm. watching, you know, uh, D.W. Griffith, bad man. I'll <laughs> admit it, he was a bad man. Yeah. But John Ford took some good things away from him. John Ford, not gonna say he was a bad man, but he he yeah. probably had some bad opinions. Yeah, yeah. And so where we're you know taking one step further from that. Uh, but I I will say that John Ford's view of humanity is never quote unquote bad, and it's always showing the bad things in life alongside the good. And the reuniting of Maureen O'Hara and John John Wayne is one of the most beautiful things in this movie. Absolutely undercut the next scene. Uh, it, it's just, there can be no beauty in life without tragedy immediately following it up. And I think John Ford knows not to look at that tragically. But to just look at the beauty and really take hold of what that is and hope that that beauty can guide you through the tragedy. So they do reunite, as we said. John Wayne, as excited as he's ever been, you know, it looks like a total dope. He's like, I'm going to call up my old girl and she's going to come back and live with me. We had a great talk, you know, then he can't get through to her on the phone and it's because the phone lines are down because of pearl harbor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of
2: like uh, when in that Robert Patson movie where it ends with him being in like tower 2 of 911. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, fuck." But like that scene, you know, you're talking about with Marino Harris. Yeah, there's such a tranquility to that scene and like like also the way it's like kind of shot where it's like, you know, of course they talk a little bit and then kind of Marino Harris goes over to, you know, kiss the top of his head and like you kind of just see kind of like a back angle of uh, Wayne's head. And it's just, I don't know, it's just uh, very graceful.
1: Yeah, that last interaction they have when she kind of takes him back, you don't really see either of their faces and the light is hitting him in a way that kind of silhouettes both of them, but there's still a lot of really bright parts of the frame and it's very strangely lit. And I have to say, there are some very strange images here for Ford. Uh, Like earlier in the film when he calls Maureen O'Hara and she picks up the phone There's this strangely, like, warped kind of medium close up on Maureen O'Hara picking up the phone that looks like he shot it with a spherical lens or something like that. And there's also some very swift camera movement that I'm not used to from Ford. Like, when you're on that ship carrier in World War II, Uh, so we'll say, you know, Pearl Harbor comes, uh, John Wayne says, I'm going back to work. (laughs) And he gets a job as like an air traffic controller almost, like he's doing strategy because he can't be flying anymore, you know? And Wayne shows this intercut with what looks to be, and I would have to double check to confirm, looks to be his own propaganda footage that Ford shot for Battle of Midway, uh, Torpedo Squadrons, and I think there's one other uh, World War II propaganda combat film that John Ford shot because he shot some other army uh propaganda films as well like sex hygiene uh (laughs) one of my favorites of all time (laughs) learned a lot Uh, from it yeah and that's the thing another thing it's like ford knows what it's like to be in those screening rooms watching industrial films with the heavy hitters because he made sex hygiene 10 years before he made this movie you know
2: (laughs) i thought that was interesting too and like i i wonder if there's any other movies that kind of tackle this subject of like the, like the straight up war documentary propaganda yeah. being made. And it's, you know, as Ford to kind of reflect, you know, upon the work he's done to, you know, even intercut it within the movie. I was like, yeah, this is some, this is some crazy shit. Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: it's really like, I don't know what the right word for it is, but I was stunned watching <laughs> John Wayne reaction shots to John Ford, uh world war two propaganda combat footage. Like it, It's an aestheticization of actual, like, human death. You know, like, we see Japanese pilots shot out of the air and crash into the water. And we see American pilots, uh, you know, either get shot out of the air, sometimes come in for a harsh landing. We see one American pilot crash land on the ship carrier, you know, busting his plane in half, kind of. It's a fucking intense scene. It's like, you know, John Ford's action scenes, quote-unquote... Uh, in this movie feel a lot more contemporary kind of. like he uh, whether it's the plane demonstration in the beginning, uh, the the shots with the car uh, feel very modern in that sense and uh, the the fist fights might feel like classic uh, John Ford, you know. Uh, but there, there's a lot of a lot of crazy like fast paced and chaotic action uh, toward the very end of this movie.
2: No, yeah, it's almost like a, like, kind of, I don't know, like, you just see Wayne kind of reacting to, like, this this footage Ford shot. It's, like, almost like, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to, like, you know, go too far, but it does kind of remind me of the long gray line ending yeah. in, like, a way, just kind of, like, these military visions kind of uh, flashing before you. And, well, I mean, yeah. uh,
0: that goes hand in hand with, like, uh, Wayne does have those, like, images of his life and, like him raising his daughters with maureen o'hara yeah, there like yeah. sort of is is that afterwards
1: i believe it's after yeah it is when he's after like thinking it's when about he, like retiring he basically mm-hmm. has a it looks like he has a heart attack Yeah, uh, yeah. either but a heart attack true. or just like yeah either he faints or just like has a heart attack and no one cares and he just wakes up and he's like i quit <laughs> <laughs> uh he's like yeah i'm good i'll i'm i'm going home uh and he yeah he opens up a little uh, picture book and sees you know Maureen O'Hara on one side and his daughters on the other and uh, you even get a zoom in you get a ne- or a push in I would I would assume the camera's moving here uh, but a, a nice push in on that photo of Maureen O'Hara that dissolves into the flashback of her at the water and it's like. I don't know, a picture of her at the water dissolving into the real water with her on top of it kind of there there's so many just like washed out layers of memory and beauty and love in that image. And then we go back onto the the treacherous waters of World War II. Uh we're on the naval carrier. John Ford gets str- or sorry, John Wayne gets strapped into a like a ski lift looking thing and uh very slowly uh gets gets like uh you know ziplined over uh to a passenger ship rather than like a navy ship i guess and that's the end of the movie we don't see him reunite with Marino o'hara we yeah. don't know how it works out with them anything like that we just know that he's going home but yeah. i i think that image of him on that <laughs> That ski lift, look a thing, is so funny at the end yeah. for me. But it's also so beautiful. It's uh, it, it, what a fucking ending that is.
2: No, yeah, I found it strangely moving in like a way. It oh, is, I found this yeah, entire yeah, yeah. film no, yeah, deeply yeah. moving.
1: I I'll say it. I was crying like a baby at like multiple points of this movie. No,
2: <laughs> no, definitely, and like I, I I definitely feel that throughout the movie. But I feel like this is like less traditionally so kind yeah, of like strangely yeah. moving, like uh. Just, like, kind of see... Because, like, you also just kind of see less and less of him as, like, the final shot goes. It's just kind of him... Like, you stay you stay on the, nav- like, kind of perspective of the naval ship as he goes yeah. on and just becomes smaller and smaller. You know, it just becomes regular old civilian again. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, I guess it's just him being, like, kind of incapacitated from his life, you know, serving the Navy, too. So he has to go through that thing. Also kind of, you know, adds a special feel to it. It's It's a very interesting way to end the movie.
0: Yeah, it's like... I don't know. It's happy, and, but also, like, really bleak. I mean, I think that way it recalls, like, Long Gray Line for me a whole lot. Just, like, leading up to him leaving, I feel like there are just a lot of interactions. Like, because, I mean, we've no, made no strangers about talking about... How much it valorizes the military industrial complex and how much all of what Spig is doing in the beginning (laughs) is like, well, we should have more fucking planes. Like, why don't we have that? But towards the end, there are a lot of lines of dialogue where I think when he reunites with like Jughead, I think that guy's name is.
1: I love that when he says uh just the simple things, Jughead, and Jughead responds, "Sheer poetry." <laughs> I love that because it is yeah. goofy and like this film is very funny by the way. Like it is, we yeah. may have undersold how just how funny it is because like the long gray line, it's an hour of broad physical comedy to start. Yeah. Sorry
0: JT, go ahead. No, it's all good. But yeah, it's like it does really great Humor like that, but then it will undercut it in, like, scenes with, like, just little bitter, like, lines where, I forget which one of them says it, but they're like, they want to take a trip around the world before it blows up. There's another moment where I think Ford is back on the ship, and he's asking what happened to a friend of his, and they say he died in, like, World War Two, and just, I don't know, there's this looming presence of death and Just the fact that how much he has spent time apart from Maureen O'Hara and his kids, it's like there's a lot of fun playfulness involved in that, too. But it's also really, like, kind of tragic. Like, when he comes back home and his daughters are sort of doing a bit where they're, like, they don't know who he is. Yeah, and they're
1: cooking dinner for themselves and stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like, I don't know, It's, it's funny and, like, playful, but there's, like, a little bit of tragedy in that. Oh, and that,
1: There's a lot of tragedy. I, yeah. I found that scene so sad. Like, when Maureen O'Hara finally comes back, and she's been at Bridge Club, and the house is a mess, and John Wayne just cleans up the house for her, and he doesn't yeah. give her shit. He's like, well, I, "I I bet it's fucking hard, you know, and I've been a louse too. And yeah. uh, Maureen O'Hara says, we need to grow up before they do. They referring to the children who are, you know, taking care of themselves at age six or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I I find that to be so moving and that both of them, you know, I mean, they look a lot older, obviously, uh, but they're young people at this point. This is like 1927 or so in the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think 1927 is the year on the calendar when he goes to the hospital and they they need to put aside their thirst to see the world, to conquer the world and uh, just focus on raising their kids. And you know what? He never learned how to fucking do that. Like it, it sets it out from the very yeah. beginning. This is what he needs to do to complete his, you know, dramatic arc for his family, and he never sees his children again in yeah. the movie. Like he, it's so so sad in that regard. Uh, and he only sees Maureen O'Hara those like two times. It's like it had been a decade plus, and he'd become this world famous writer, and his kids were like writing to Maureen O'Hara about his successes from the papers and stuff, and. You know, uh, he shows up and he's balding and she has a gray streak in her red hair now. And just to signify that, like, even though they look exactly the same mm-hmm. as they did in 1927, it's the 50s now. And I I don't know. There, there's something so deeply sad about the family aspect of this, uh, both the romance and the family uh, that and I guess they are the same. Uh, that makes this more contradictory than a lot of the John Ford films that I love. Um, you know, it doesn't quite have as Brechtian uh, crazy ending as Long Gray Line or uh, you know the the American history being invoked in Ford Apache or stuff like that. But I think it's right up there in terms of the difficulty of parsing the beauty of Ford and the irreparable you know damage done by the things that he loves. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's a complicated text just like his best ones.
2: It's probably this movie's probably even harsher like in terms of like you know criticizing you know kind of maybe military men for giving too much of their career not enough you know to their family than even like Long Grey Line or yeah. you know what I mean. And yeah, I think I think it it, it like it is like the reason like this the scene you know the re the reuniting scene between maureen o'hara and wayne is so beautiful because it's yeah it's, it's so very sad everything has you know changed so much and so you really feel you know the weight of that in that scene and kind of you know maybe tangentially like i, I like uh this also kind of makes me think of like you know in the good times in this movie i do love sunshine ford i love like ford yeah. at the beach like mm-hmm. uh like, uh, you know, I think we like the hospitals in like San Diego and you get some good, um, you know, beach scenes there or not beach scene, but like kind of like him looking just like some some good sunlight coming yeah. through the window. Yeah. yeah, Just taking a nice yeah.
1: look outside. Yeah. Get some fresh in there. Puff a cigarette.
2: Yeah. I think I this I like kind of like maybe it's like a more of a quality and late for it. I'm not an expert. Of course, I've only seen the only like kind of I guess Donovan's Reef that there's a lot of that too, a lot of sunshine beach play stuff like that. But I think, you know, as Ford, you know, grows older, he's he's realizing West Coast rules. It's oh, the West, absolutely. West oh, yeah. West Coast bias <laughs> for sure.
0: And I think like I, I don't know, getting into later Ford again, which I'm significantly less familiar with, he seems a lot less encumbered by plot. Like mm-hmm. this like the form in this, it just sort of it drifts along through a man's life with yeah. no um I don't know no real i mean obviously there's the guiding thread of military stuff but it shifts pretty like randomly like with him like falling down the stairs yeah it just follows the life
1: so are you guys ready to enlist yeah
0: absolutely
1: all right see you next week <laughs> Private.
2: actually no i'm gonna do birthright instead actually idf let's go <laughs>
1: <laughs> see you next week private white <laughs> <laughs> private bomb you've been dismissed